This is a HeadGum Podcast. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. Thanks for tuning in to this Black Girl Nerds Podcast Extra. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. The week has finally arrived. Black Panther Week. We've got our tickets ready. We've got our outfits ready. And we are going to live this weekend at the box office. In our final set of interviews, back at our set visit, we feature the following actors. Chadwick Boseman, Lupita Nyong'o, and Michael B. Jordan. And I look forward to hearing and seeing all of your feedback on what you thought of Marvel's Black Panther. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this BGM Podcast Extra Black Panther Week featuring Chadwick Boseman, Lupita Nyong'o, and Michael B. Jordan. Chadwick Boseman is an actor known for playing Jackie Robinson in 42, James Brown in Get On Up, and T'Challa in Black Panther, part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He also played Thurgood Marshall in the film Marshall last year. He's also had TV roles in Lincoln Heights, Persons Unknown, and the films Express, Draft Day, and Message from the King. So does T'Challa feel more like a king or more like Black Panther? In, at the beginning of this movie. I, I think neither. Neither. Um, he's been Black Panther before. Uh, but I, I would say at the beginning of this movie, he's dealing with, it's shortly after Civil War has ended. So he's still mourning. There's unrest in Wakanda. So what he's dealing with is being the king, is making the transition to fill in the footsteps of his father. So it's probably going to feel like it's more about the political unrest than the superhero initially. I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, What's the learning curve for going from like being Black Panther or just being a Wakandan royalty to becoming the king? He's been prepared for his whole life. Um, he's grown so to speak, to do it. I think it's just a, a mental transition and it does not help that, that his, like if his father had decided he was gonna step down yeah. too old, I can't do it anymore, then that would be a different scenario. But because he's, you know, because he died in the last movie, I think the transition is, has to do with like that morning process and, and just the mental, he's, he's, he's been grown to do it. So 
is approaching this role different than like than working on Civil War? Because I mean, this in this film, we're obviously we're seeing Wakanda for the first time. We are experiencing there's meeting family members. So I'm curious if there is kind of a deeper understanding that you're getting out of the character versus when you were first preparing. I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like, not to say that there wasn't a deep understanding, sure. but but some of the things that, that we came to an understanding of, we couldn't show right. in the last one. So it's, it it gives us a chance to marinate. And, um, you know, certain things that we were unsure about, now we're 100% sure about, like even down to accent and how you walk or what his sense of humor is, which actually develops more in this because he, uh, in the last movie, he was pretty focused on what he had. Yeah, serious <laughs> <laughs> Dealing with the guy killing so his dad. I'm not to make any jokes. But in this one, you're sort of seeing him around in his more natural environment and around people that he knows. Mm -hmm. So you are different according to the people you're around. What's the fallout for T'Challa, both personally and from the rest of Wakanda, for not taking vengeance? Um, Because it was obviously a very conscious decision. It was a major decision for him to not take vengeance there in in Civil War for, for his father. The fallout? Yeah. Or what can you say about it, uh, both both internally for T'Challa and then just kind of how other people are viewing that? Um, fallout is a really strong word. Okay. Um, <laughs> but maybe that's because it's me. You know, um, you, know you don't want to criticize yourself. <laughs> but uh, there's definitely, there's any time, you know, a leader dies, to be general and not be waste There's going to be political unrest. And the fact that, you know, it's not unlike uh, our world where you will have one political party sort of, not, not to be specific about that, <laughs> uh, one political party sort of point the finger at someone for not, for being soft or not being tough enough when it comes to their foreign policy or that mm-hmm. type of thing. So that would be the best way to describe it, but but you know, is it is it complete unrest where he's, you know, where he can't overcome it. I wouldn't go that far. And for him internally, like do you feel that <clears throat> T'Challa is comfortable with the choice he made? With the choice he made in Civil War. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think he's comfortable with the, the final choice. That final choice, yes. When T'Challa showed up in Civil War, the fan reaction was just so huge, I think more than even a lot of people expected. Did that kind of having seeing that reaction, how excited people were over, you know, getting to meet this character kind of impact how you approach this movie in any way? No. No. Um because I, I I'm not saying I expected the fan reaction to be what it was, um, <laughs> but I, I'm to a certain degree. I'm unaware of the fan reaction. That's not really. Uh, yeah, because I, I keep. He's like, you don't believe me. I don't want to believe you. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't want to believe you. The Black Panther Solit hashtag. Say it again. The Black Panther Solit hashtag. Yeah, see, <laughs> I see, I see it. You know what I'm saying? I see certain things, but I see it in a different way because it's important for me to not look at everything. So I see it, but it's impossible to not see. It. 
but there's a certain removal I have to have from it in order to play it because it's just um, you have people saying it's got to have this or it's got to have that, and so if I was to follow their thought from the last one, it would have been a, a it would have been a lot of stuff that was wrong. So I think you kind of have to stay in it in a way where your decisions are made based upon the things that are organic to all there's a lot of storytellers here you know everybody's all of the different departments are all storytellers and so you're collaborating with them more so than you can the audience you are collaborating with the audience but it's not like i was doing a play and i'm on stage with somebody and the audience responds we get that direct i know that that worked because we responded to it but it could between you know, blogs and this and that, journalists, it's like, you can't really, you can't put your foot in that. So I would say, no, it's, it's, it's the fact that now in this case, you have a, you have a new director that's building on, you know, the steps of, of previous directors and writers and new writers. And it's the baby of Stanley and Feige. There's uh, so many other factors that come into play. Various the writers of various different, you know, um, versions of the character. So it's it's a lot of stuff to put in that you are being influenced by. How did the collaboration with uh, Ryan shape the way you saw Black Panther and his story? Uh, ask it again. How did, how did collaborating with Ryan shape the way? Did, did you look at the character differently after he came on board and you started talking about the character? Or did it refine the way we, you looked at him? I think we have very similar views um, anyway. So that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, it's like they put us together. Like somebody was, you, have, you ever dated somebody and somebody was like, you're going to really like this person. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So it's, it's, we have very similar views about what things should be like. And the things that we usually have a difference of opinion about, it's, it's so minute what those differences are that, you know, I think, I think it's more of a growth because we're not, there's nobody battling. We're, we're, we're constantly building on each other. So it's, it's, it's been a good marriage so far. Um, so in previous roles or previous um, leading roles, we've seen you as Jack Robinson and James Brown and soon to be Thurgood Marshall. How did you prepare for this role mentally and physically um, compared to those roles? Because you were obviously playing historical figures. Was there like a weight that was lifted of, because you didn't have to tell somebody's story and kind of their truth? Um, it's like picking, putting down one way and pick another one. Uh, just, I, I think I think uh, the preparation is basically the same. You know, it's and the two the, the the different genres feed on each other. Like like I just played Thurgood Marshall before I came into this, and there was a certain amount of freedom that I felt going into that having been this. Now, if I had gone from Jackie Robinson to James Brown to Thurgood Marshall. You know that, but playing something like this gives you a certain amount of freedom. Um, and then going back is from that it gives you a certain amount of weight. I think so. I think you help each other. It's, it's really playing Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall is preparation for this. That's that's. Um, it's like you see a you see a comedian before he does his big HBO.
or Showtime, whichever one. Special. He'll be in LA and in New York going like small little comedy clubs. That's kind of what it's like. So once you once you've done Civil War, you can't really stop. You know, training for this. You know, I can't I can't be the same. I can't have the same body for Thurgood Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to tone that now, but but uh, you know he was with me when I was doing Thurgood Marshall. He's training me, working with Maurice Crump while I was doing Thurgood Marshall. So it's like you carry you carry those things with you because you know you're about to go into those things. So it kind of never stops. Well, as far as carrying, I mean, Infinity War is in production right now. I'm curious how that's affecting you schedule-wise. Like, are you going to be doing this for now and then focusing on that later, or how's that schedule working? <laughs> I didn't get told that instruction, sorry. <laughs> at the overall artist, um, what draws you to the story and what fascinates you about just being a part of the Marvel family now? Um, well, one, I mean, they they have a good batting average <laughs> in terms of uh, successful films and films that people love. Um, and it's just a, for, it's, to be specific about this film and this character, it's just a good character. It's an interesting character because if it was. If it was somehow not as good as good as it is, I wouldn't want to do it. Just because it's Marvel, it doesn't mean you want to do it. It's it's they they tend they tend to be offering people stuff that's interesting and good and wanting to push envelopes in certain places. So this one, I think, is obviously you've never seen a movie like this before. Um, so it's just cool, you know. For me, every every project it has to be something that's challenging and cool and um, but that's a challenge for me. It, it keeps me interested. So that's all that really matters. And this is definitely one of them. Can you talk about the female characters that you're playing with? So from Danny to Lupita's character to your younger sister, they're all very strong, very valuable women to what Can everything. you telling me about it? <laughs> <laughs> but can you talk about what you think that each of those characters bring to your character and what makes him better? Hmm. Um, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta watch you. Uh, I, I, I think, I think it's the first one I'm gonna talk about is actually Cherie. Um, played by Letitia. Like, she, that character, to have a little sister, it's not very often that you see a superhero with a little sister. Um, so it, I think that is one of, it's probably not gonna occur to people that that's a, not, it's not unheard of, it's an unusual thing. Um, I think it brings out a different part of his character. That's not, usually you have the the damsel in distress. I don't think there are any damsels in, the, in distress in this movie. <laughs> that doesn't exist in the movie. Um, you know, like you said, every, all these characters are strong. If, even if it's not a physical, Prowess. Um, there is a mental prowess. It's or intelligence and savvy. And so all of them present that, but the one that stands out the most actually is is Cherie because because of 
the ability to sort of the way a little sister can poke at you and you you're protective of her but she still thinks she's your mother like all those different <laughs> things and, and the actress has those qualities, I think she just makes you happy as soon as you see her. Every day she gonna just change my my attitude about everything. So I think that's the one that, that stands out the most. Obviously you have Angela Bassett here. She's just incredible to watch and, and um, you know, again, she's always really strong. Um, in this, as I would say in this movie, because my father is dead, it gives it gives me the opportunity to sort of look to her for wisdom. And I think it shows um, the matriarchal African society in doing that. She's an advisor that I would go to. Um, it's a close relationship. It's not just like she's my mother. And she's on the side. She's not a figurehead mother. And, I, and to, to have, you know, like, to have Lupita and Denai, I'm not gonna really talk about their characters too much. <laughs> but just to have them here, <laughs> I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. Like I'm, I, I, I love them as actresses, and they challenge the director every day. Like you know, <laughs> they get near me, like you know. So they challenge him every day, and they bring, you know those same challenges to that their character have, um, they sort of attack the child in the same way. You know, they're not afraid to challenge him. So I think that's that's a cool, it's cool to have conflict that's not, I'm gonna kill you conflict. <laughs> you need other types of conflict that bring out other things, other parts of, of your character. So I think the fact that they present conflict without being um, enemies, in most cases, <laughs> then, uh, you know, that's that's a cool thing. I wanted to just talk really quick about T'Challa's love life. Um, <laughs> his history in the comics, it's, it's been rather complicated and sparse. Uh, so is there going to be any kind of romantic arc for T'Challa in this film? <laughs> I'm just tag team, right? <laughs> you don't answer that. <laughs> Okay, can we say this? Is somebody gonna be moved this time? Because we would love to see that. You know, to be what? Or you be moved? Is that gonna happen oh. again? We'd love to see that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Talk about Io. Io's trip. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Lupita Nyong'o began her career in Hollywood as a production assistant. In 2008, she made her acting debut in the short film East River, and subsequently returned to Kenya to star in the television series Sugar. Also in 2009, she wrote, produced, and directed the documentary My Jeans. She then pursued her master's degree in acting from the Yale School of Drama. Soon after her graduation, she had her first feature film as the role of Patsy in Steve McQueen's historical drama, 12 Years a Slave, for which she won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. In Black Panther, Nyong'o stars as Nakia. So you're playing the role of Nakia, who is a very complex and 
uh, has a very complicated history in the comics. And I just wanted to know where her loyalties lie at this point in the story. Is it with Adora Milanche or possibly with Killmonger? Can you kind of go into that a little bit? With I can say that Nakia, when we meet her, is a war dog, which means she's like Wakanda's, um, one of Wakanda's CIA members. And her job is to spy around the world and report back to Wakanda to, you know, keep Wakanda safe, keep Wakanda informed. So, yeah. <laughs> so being one of the rare characters in this film that has been outside of Wakanda on a regular basis, um, how much are you developing your character inside the framework of Wakanda versus oh, inside dear. the framework of the <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Personally, I've never been to Wakanda, so, <laughs> you know. Um, that's a very interesting question. Very scientific. I don't really know how to answer it, except to say that, I mean, I think I could answer it as myself, Lupita. I know that, you know, I'm from Kenya, but so much of my, pers my character is formed by the fact that I've lived so many other places. But... That doesn't mean that I don't identify with where I'm from. In fact, it's like the foundation of who I am. I think you could apply to Naki as well. Mm -hmm. uh, Obviously, the character is you know, from the comics, but were you able to collaborate at all in terms of making sure that, you know, as a woman in the, woman in the Marvel universe, that you weren't either too much just a romantic interest or too much just the super soldier? I would say that you know, in what Ryan and Joe. Robert Cole have done with this film is that they've really um, deepened our understanding of the role of women in Wakanda. And so I can, I think I, it's legal for me to say <laughs> that um, the, the, the women as we meet them are departures from what we know of them in the comic uh, I'm curious about uh, your dialogue as far as the foreign language, because I heard you speaking a little Hausa. I mean, are you... It's is, is, Was it? Hausa. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I won't even... I'm probably not there is a language oh, called Hausa. Oh, it's a different language. Okay. We speak Hausa, which oh, well, is South African. Gotcha. So, I mean, what is kind of the split between that and English within the performance? Like, are, how much are you speaking the foreign language within the film? Hey, um, you know, we, because we're still in the process of, of making this film, that's being determined um, on a case-by-case -case basis. Gotcha. Uh, there's, there's, because um, the Wakandans are super, super advanced and stuff like that, one of the ways in which, advanced and isolated, mm -hmm. one of the ways in which they keep to themselves is with their language. language sure. So um, it's something, it's a very, it's an adventure to, to actually pick up this language because it is actually one of the hardest languages to learn. Yeah. Um, because of those clicks and, and stuff which um, faded away the further you get from South Africa mm -hmm. um, on, on the African continent. So it's, it's, it's super exciting to, to, to challenge ourselves to, to speak the language, but I don't think it's... Um, the film is definitely predominantly in English. Okay. <laughs> As you started to dig into who she was, what were the qualities that really resonated with you? I would say what I, I, I could say is that um, I am very 
attracted to uh, Nakia's determination. And I'd say she's determined, she's method methodical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us about the kind of physicality of the role? It's kind of an action adventure film and, you know, kind of more almost like a first for you. How, do, how are you taking that so far? Wow, it is intense. <laughs> I mean, I had dreams of being in an action film and stuff. I didn't realize that it was going to change my diet. <laughs> and uh, require me to wake up at insane hours. Like, this week alone, I, I woke up to work out at 3 in the morning, which is in, just ridiculous. But um, so it does take a lot of physical endurance and um, a commitment to your body uh, like nothing else. And, and uh, I just it's been but it's been so much fun to challenge my body in this new way. Nakia um, fighting style is. She is being informed by judo and jujitsu and silat and um, Filipino martial arts and stuff like that. So I'm learning all these cool skills and I get to jump higher than I thought I could jump. And <laughs> I get to roll backwards, which I, I thought I would never do after the age of, what, eight? <laughs> so it's, it's been fun. Are you doing a lot of your own stunts? So far. <laughs> So far, but we, yeah. Since you're casting, um, you guys did San Diego Comic-Con last year, and that was obviously, I would imagine, a huge swell of nerd love. Um, have you looked at all on, online and seen some of the stuff since the casting? Like, Black Panther's so lit by chance. Have you seen anything about <laughs> I that? mean, you'd have to be blind not to see it. <laughs> it's been really, yeah, this was intense, that Black Panther's so lit. Um, and it continues to be so with every announcement um, being made of who's joined the cast and everything. It's it's a lot of pressure on <laughs> us. <laughs> just to so, follow up, what was more intense, this or Star Wars? This. Yeah. Um, we saw uh, the the scene you guys were shooting today, and saw that in between uh, takes of rehearsal, Ryan came up and spoke with you a little bit, got a little hands-on as far as, you know, the reaction and placement. How, how has, has it been working with him as a director so far, and, and, and what is it like for you in your, your process? I would say, uh, oh wow, you know, working, Ryan is an incredibly collaborative director, and um, he's very responsive to um, our our needs, our, our um, suggestions. Um, so it really feels like teamwork when we are on set. Uh, and another thing that's great about Ryan directing this, he has, was a boxer himself. And wasn't he, no, he, he was a football player, but he has had some like boxing training, I believe. So he has the mind of a fighter in a way that I really need, because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what a fighter would do right now. Um, so to have someone who has that instinct um, has been very, very helpful. I mean, the scene you're seeing now, I've never, I mean, I did do nonstop, but I've never been in the, uh, at the heart of an action film. 
So I'm fascinated with how slow it is. <laughs> so slow. And and so broken up, you know, like one moment that will go by in like ten seconds, you work on for half the day or something. And each take is about one one split instinct that you have. So how do you generate that over and over again? So today you've actually watched me uh, like be confounded with what's going on. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about your characters? Like what are her motivations and goals going to the story? What is she hoping to accomplish? I mean, I think as a, as a war dog, as she is in service to her country and to her passion, which is linked to the outside world. So more in service to her country than to her king. Well, that's the dilemma, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, it's about, I think we see in this film Nakia is, um, has to figure out what comes first for her. Is, is uh, Nakia then a sort of like always on task, always on missions around the world, or does she does she, does she spend a fair amount of time back home with Canada as well? You're getting too specific. <laughs> <laughs> More of a backstory question. I was curious how much she spent, like how much time she spent, like as as a member of that society, as opposed to someone. <laughs> well, can you talk a bit about her relationship with Okoye? Okoye. Yeah. Oh, well, Okoye is uh, the head of the Dora Milaje. So, in the terms of Wakandan hierarchy, she's um, um, somewhat her boss. Sure. And. Um, <laughs> well, is the boss she gets along with, or is it a superior officer? I was just going to ask about, um, as you prepare for everything, a lot of people talk about music being transformative to get ready for the character. Are you listening to anything right now that you kind of put as your character's playlist or an anthem or something that you're maybe listening to? I can't reveal that yet. <laughs> I can't, because if I do, then it's, it, it loses its magic for me. So we can talk about that in a year. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you. Michael B. Jordan is an actor known for TV roles such as Wallace in the HBO series The Wire, Reggie Montgomery in the ABC soap opera All My Children, and Vince Howard in the NBC drama series Friday Night Lights. His film roles include shooting victim Oscar Grant in the film Fruitvale Station, for which he received considerable critical acclaim, The Human Torch in the 2015 Fantastic Four film, and Adonis Creed in the Rocky sequel film Creed. Other film performances include Red Tails, Chronicle, The Awkward Moment, and the forthcoming superhero film that you're going to see this week, Black Panther, where he plays the role of Eric Killmonger. Yeah, all the questions and I can't answer. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Well, I was say, you've been, um, you, a lot of the roles that you've played in the past have kind of been characterized as being, you know, the underdogs, or even if they're not fully in that mode, they're just, you know, guys you really root for and love. And this is obviously on kind of the opposite end of that. What was it like kind of getting to switch into that type of character? 
Um, wait, hold on, let me see. <laughs> no, um, I think it's a, a different muscle. Um, for me, uh, wanting to kind of step outside of uh, a comfort zone and uh, try something different, especially with Ryan working, working with him again. Uh, you know, I jump at the chance, you know, to kind of like get, a, get a chance to work with him again. And uh, I think one of the challenges for us, and, and if we do our job the right way, is hopefully, you know, Killmonger, somebody you guys can root for too. You know, and I think I think that's uh, you know uh, you know something hard to accomplish. But if 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 we if we, if we all do what we're supposed to do, I think that would be a, a really hard decision to make to figure out who who you want to root for. Well, and I think kind of, it brings out the best in villains. Well, kind of based on that, I mean, what does Eric Killmonger want? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I think I think I think Killmonger wants. Um, he uh, he has, <laughs> man he he has he uh, he has interest in, in Wakanda. Mm -hmm. um, as 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 the rest of the world, you know, something that uh, you know they don't really. Ugh, know that much about and wants to find out more. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. The, the, the fact that you're on the you're on the other side of things compared to most of the cast is together as the contents as we should be. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Uh, you've got you've got the big group of contents, and then mm. you've got you as as one of the antagonists. Yeah. Uh, is there is there an isolation to that? Is it, how how does that work as far as developing your relationships with the cast versus the characters developing? Uh, it, it's it's interesting because I'm not really associated with any of the Wakandans. Um, I guess the I'm the best representation of America. Uh, so when it comes to kind of getting to know the characters, it, you know. Uh, offset, I kind of, you know, I'm kind of late in the game. This is kind of the first project between me and Ryan where I wasn't there from the very beginning. So kind of coming into the middle of the shooting, not really being there from, you know, pre-production and getting a chance to spend a lot of time with the cast and stuff like that actually like works in my favor because there really, there really isn't any real connection there um, on on screen in the script. So uh, I think that separation kind of like help helps me out a lot. But you know. It's one of those things we tell everybody before we start. Like, I love you, we love you, I love you too. But ugh, on this one, I'm not really going to be t smiling too much. You know, uh, you know people always, just, you know, they kind of they know me by now, and I'm pretty, pretty warm and you know, and uh, you know, approachable and stuff like that. But on this one, I kind of taking a slightly different approach and kind of staying to myself. One yeah. thing that people really responded to with Creed was Ryan's style of filming the boxing scenes. Yeah, it was very fluid movement. So, can you speak to how he's approaching action in this movie? Uh, as realistic as as he can, I think I think you know one of Ryan's um, strengths is that he always finds the the real moments, even in a sci-fi or a larger than life kind of um, atmosphere and environment. So to kind of apply, you know, when it when it comes to boxing, you know, he wanted you know, you know, real hits. He wanted it to look like you know, like you know, if it was a brawl, it was going to be a brawl. You know, um, we really took our time with each punch. Each punch represented a different line. So we're in a sense we're having a. a we're having a scene and dialogue within the fight. So that was something that I found very interesting and kind of, you know, very, you know, um, attention to detail. For this one, a different approach because, you know, using, you know, weapons and we're also using a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat and stuff like that. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, probably a lot, a lot 
more action, um, so to speak. So just trying to find the realness in, in, in the in the larger than life, you know, Marvel universe. I think I think that's uh, something that he's he's definitely uh, um, striving for. Kind of piggyback off of that, um, Killmonger. He's he's an expert fighter, mm -hmm. and you're no stranger to intense physical training with Creed. So can you kind of compare your uh, experience with training in Creed to your training with this character now? Oh. Um, I, th I think when I, when I trained for Creed, I had about a year in advance um, to kind of know what I was doing before, before. so, you know, taking, uh, you know, I lived like a fighter, you know, um, I went through their workout routine, the diet, um, you know, trained with real boxers, trained with real trainers, did the, did the whole thing, which helped me out a little bit in, in the process of getting ready for this one. Um, Discipline, you know, same type of uh, approach. Um, instead of you know just using you know my arms and my hands in boxing, this one is more martial arts. You know, you know, using a lot of your legs. So I'm picking up different fighting styles and and also a lot of guns too. You know, the weapons training is a totally different muscle. So being able to you know train in LA for you know a couple months before coming down here, doing all my you know, and I like to do as much as I can myself. You know, I respect stunt guys and what they do. Of course, you know, if I'm jumping out five story buildings, you got it. You know, <laughs> anything on the ground. Anything that I feel like I can do, I really like to, you know, be able to do that stuff myself, be able to give you know, director options for long takes and not being able to cut away and stuff like that. So as much as I can learn, you know, I just wanted to be a sponge. So, you know, he, he dropped me off, you know, weapons training, you know, martial arts training, on boxing, and just tried to, you know, kind of combine it all. Oftentimes, um, opponents are kind of studying each other, mm -hmm. chess, chess game. Mm -hmm. So what would you say that Killmonger is studying and learning? Uh, from uh, Black Panther to kind of up his game into. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think there's a. Uh, wait, hold on one second. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Not even joking. Uh, um, I feel like. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's more of like resentment. You know, I feel like it's more of a. Uh, it's a jealousy aspect. I think it's. Um, you know. I feel like he. He. Uh, it's always interesting to train for an enemy you never met before. So it's a lot of uh, studying from afar. And I feel like, you know, he uh, he's very patient. He's a thinker. I mean, he, he's, he's really good at chess. And he, um, he was waiting for his perfect time to kind of pop up. Was it easy for you to get in his head and kind of get behind his motivations? Did you understand him right away? 100%. 100%, without a doubt. And I think that's the part of it that hopefully a lot of people, when they see the film, they're able to connect with the same part that I connected with. And um, without going into detail, because I can't. But um, yeah, I, I, I could. You know, you know, there's two sides of every coin. You know, um, and you know, and, and you know, true villains and. You know, I think the really good ones, the interesting ones to watch are the ones that truly believe what they're doing is the right thing, you know? And um, and if you can somehow blur that line to the people who were supposed to not like them or wouldn't really, maybe I'm not supposed to be, you know, on board with this, if you can kind of get them to see that other point of view, I think that, you know, battles won. You said you were brought in later in the game on this thing. You yeah. Are, um, can you talk about what those initial discussions were, and was there any hesitation at all to do another comic book movie? Um, zero hesitation to do another comic book movie. I guess 
I got brought in later in the game just because that was the natural process that we still, me and Ryan still talk, you know, every day, still kind of, you know, um, an unofficial capacity, kind of been always been a part of it. Um, no hesitation really to do another comic book film. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a geek. I love this world. You know, I love being able to play um, in that, in that, uh, in that fantastic kind of space. I looked at it as a, you know, another shot, you know, to to get it, you know, right, you know, to do it, to do it again, you know, and um, especially with, you know, team with Rachel again and Ryan, it's just a very, very like comfortable space for me. So, uh, and it was, you know, the perfect space for me to take another a, a risk like this, you know. So, yeah, it, it was it was no hesitation on, on it. Can you um, talk a little bit about the female characters and Killmonger's interaction with them? Because you know we got Angela's, Lapita's, Nas, and Felicia now. <laughs> okay. Maybe talk to how he's going to interact with those ladies. Um. <laughs> not it's it's not it's not too, it's not it's not it's not uh, you know he doesn't really get a chance to to have elaborate interactions with you know a lot of women on you know a lot of female characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Just from uh, the events of Age of Ultron and Civil War, we do know that there are going to be elements of uh, his story that change that from the comics. I'm mm-hmm. curious just how much of the history of his, because, I mean, in the comics, his history with uh, Wakanda and T'Challa goes back to when he was a kid and kind of being kicked out of the country. Mm-hmm. Is Are we going to get kind of the scope of history where he's been? It's a great question. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could answer that. Oh. <laughs> it's a great question. Are there any characteristics or traits of your character that you think you personally possess? Um, yeah, I think, uh, being strategic, um, thinking before you act, thinking before you speak, uh, being really thought out five or six steps ahead, um, very passionate about what he believes in. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he, he always has a plan. I think that's something that I can, I can, I can, you know, I can pull from my own person. I've always, always felt like I had a plan some, for something, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that's something that we can, we have in common. Going back to the female characters a second, but hopefully you can answer a little <laughs> more. Um, one of the really cool things that we've noted about your collaborations with Ryan, also just even in your work in, like, Friday Night Lights or Paranoid, mm-hmm. is that the the women tend to be so much more than just these, like, cliched, strong women characters. Like, even if they are physically strong and doing mm-hmm. this, they're really complex people. And I'm curious in this, you know, especially with Lupita's character, was that something kind of you noted going in, that even though she's obviously a warrior, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, she seems, at least from what we've gotten to know so far, more yeah, complex than that. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like um, you know, Ryan's portrayal of, you know, of, of women, um, he's always very uh, conscious of that. And and um, want to be as realistic as possible, you know, a reflection of, of the time of, of today. Um, and I feel like uh, Lupita's character definitely exuberates strength and you know and, and brains um, and brawn, you know. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, th- I think you you get a chance to see, you know. Um, all layers of a woman, all different sides, all different shapes and colors. You know, I feel like you're, you're, you get a, a full 360 view of what a, you know, a woman could do. You know, you're very much so capable. So, yeah, I mean, I think that answers yeah. your question. Yeah, yeah. Andy told us that Claw's motivations are uh, unabashedly selfish. Like, he's mm-hmm. there for himself. 
is that is that similar for Killmonger, or without without saying what your specific motivations mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. what the general feel of them are? Is it, is it a selfish thing, or is it for something bigger? I think it's. Uh, I feel like Killmonger. Is very selfless. I feel like uh, he, you know, he he's willing. He's looking at the bigger picture. I think he's always looked at the bigger picture um, since he was since he was really young. Um, which is why you know he's a great thinker and a great strategist because he's had time to look at the big picture and uh, and try to figure it out. And to the best of his ability, I feel like he figured out is. He, he, it makes sense to him. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, what is, All right. Guys, what, so what, what, what does he feel like? If he had to describe himself, is he a leader? Is he a hero? Is he, you know? Can I give like a one word answer? Yeah. Can I answer this cool before yeah. I say it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. yeah. uh, he's a revolutionary. <laughs> that was our last yeah. question, guys. Alright, All right. Thanks so much. Alright. Alright. The Black Girl Nerds Podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. Various episodes are edited by Jamie Broadnax, MR Daniel, and John Bauer. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Art19, and Spotify. That was a HeadGum Podcast.